main recorder is going. Levels are levels are leveled. Okay. Show notes. We're good to go. Great. Good to go for 111. One of the things I like about our show is I think that a lot of people can go back and listen to any point of it and find something in the episodes that are relative. I think a lot of our show is is mostly timeless. Mm-hmm. You know, there are things that are happening in our lives at that time, but people can relate to them with where they are in their own working lives. However, the kind of thing that is happening right now, I don't think is going to be as timeless and dates the show quite a lot. <laughs> and we'll date it into the future. What I'm talking about is yes. we're, back, we're back in lockdown. So, you know, it's like, I, I don't know if people are going to be able to relate to lockdown in four years time. I certainly hope not, but I'm back at home again. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I have a big bias towards evergreen content. I don't like to date things. Especially for this show. Like, it, yeah. it, it really, I think, is a, a great benefit to the show. Uh, people can go back. You know, it's like I said this, I think, when we did episode 100. I actually really like that we've only very recently passed 100 episodes of this show, even though we've been making it for 25 years or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Because it, it still means that somebody coming to the show, even now, after so many years of doing the show, that they can consume the whole thing in what is not an obscene amount of time, I think. Yes, and and experience the rapid time warp of going through all of the changes in our life <laughs> and then ca- then catching up to the, the current point, uh-huh. which I actually think can be a kind of useful lesson to hear people talking about their working lives like in this accelerated way. Like you yeah. can kind of gain something from that. The span of like, I've had a great idea to that didn't work, which for us yes. is like nine months, <laughs> but they can get through it in like five hours. <laughs> Right, right. Or theme inauguration to theme completion. 12 episodes. Yep. <laughs> yep. But uh, yes, I completely agree that this this year has been less of a timeless year. And another lockdown is less, less evergreen content. Mm-hmm. Or it may very well be evergreen content. Who knows? Because I feel Please like... Don't. God damn, when I was talking to you last time, I was very much in the, oh, it's it's all over mode. <laughs> and then we get lockdown two. Well, it's actually not lockdown two. It's like lockdown. Well, we had one in the middle, but it wasn't really an actual lockdown, I guess. Yeah, look, no, no one took those seriously, Mike. I did. Right? The... <laughs> I'm glad you did. I did. But, you know, from my peekings outside Mm. people didn't take it super seriously and so this is lockdown too because it's the it's the second big one yeah so how has it impacted your working life mike yes i'm back at home again okay it's packed up the studio packed up the studio what do you mean by that well i I always say to some people ask me what i mean is like I, i went there and i collected up a bunch of gear okay then just like made sure that like all right is everything off you know, like all that kind of stuff, because like it's going to be a while, mm-hmm. right? So I just right. went and took care of everything. But I did that on the first of January, uh, which was before lockdown began, because we could see where it was going, <laughs> and we had decided we were like gray style locking down because mm-hmm. it was clearly getting out of control again. We didn't know at that point why, right? Like we know now, like the variants and all that stuff. Like it was things were getting out of, out of hand mm-hmm. we've you know we've been working at home for about three weeks ish it feels better this time than 
the other two times that I've made this like transition from studio back to home mm. for a couple of reasons. Set the office up a bit more permanently, hmm. tidied it. I also brought home enough gear to continue streaming. Like that was important to me because that I would have that would have been a real bummer. Ah, okay, yeah, that's interesting. That if makes I wouldn't sense. have been able to do that, so I brought enough home enough gear to do all of that, and I've got like a second like desk set up, like I would have at the studio. So I still have like the desk where I record and a desk where I do my work and do streaming from and stuff. The other thing that does feel better is. Unlike the other times, I do feel like there is an end in sight. Okay. And it has not felt that way up until now. You know, like there is hope now for this ending in a way that there wasn't before. You know, especially with the first lockdown where it was kind of like, when do you think we'll be able to go back to, you know, like it was that was they were the kinds of questions that everybody was having. Like, I know we would talk about it. Like, what's your best guess on this? Mm -hmm. And now, you know, the vaccination program is rolling out. There wasn't one mm-hmm. before, right? Like, especially the first lockdown, the, like, March to whenever it was lockdown. Well, vaccines take years, so settle in. Yeah, I mean, that that's true. I, I know my thought early on was there's not going to be a vaccine. Like, from what, I'd, from what I'd read, it's like, oh, it seems like no one's ever developed a vaccine for this kind of novel coronavirus before. So, uh, like... I wouldn't I wouldn't put money on there will be one. So that mm-hmm. that has definitely been uh, a nice surprise outcome. So I, yeah. I, I see what you mean there. And I can't wait to read tellings of this in years to come of like, well, mm-hmm. if the entire world and its resources are focused on one problem, you'd be surprised how fast we can move stuff forward, right? Like if <laughs> every scientist in all of these fields are all just attacking one issue, stuff can happen quite quickly, you know, like mm-hmm. which it's you know it's a it's a triumph and 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 it's interesting but I I I look forward to retellings of this in the future of like getting a bit of a like a fifty thousand foot view on it but right yeah I I know that like you know it was I I didn't know enough about this stuff and and that was a concern you know like my hope would be that that they would work it out but I spoke to enough people that were like I don't know right and so now that's the difference it's like yeah all right. We got many more months of this, but I feel like there is an end for me now, and I just have to mm-hmm. move towards that. I'm I'm happy for you, Mike. I'm just trying to I'm trying to hold back the question of when do you think the end is and why? I like I I don't have a clear answer on that, but I also feel bad for even asking you and putting that in your head. No, I'm I'm fine with it. Like I okay. I believe that in the spring. Mm-hmm. I will be able to leave the house and go back to the studio again. But I know the situation will have not uh, gone away. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So that, that, that's, that's what you're thinking about, is what's, what's the timeline for glorious reunification with Mega Studio? Yeah, and you're that's... thinking spring. I'm thinking like March, like maybe in okay. March. And then my expectation is by the end of the year, I will be able to get vaccinated. Right. Okay. But like it's it basically my what I like now is I I feel like I can see two end points which is what I want which is like when can I go back to how I was in the summer mm-hmm. which was I could go to the studio every day and work from the studio and it was no problem really. Mm. And then by the end of the year I believe I'll be able to get vaccinated and then I'll be able to resume even more of a normal life. 
for whatever that's right. going to look like right. after that. But, you know, the idea of like being able to see friends and family, being able to go to restaurants, like th- that stuff, mm. you know, I, th- th- I, I have hoped that by the end of the year now, that's more of a possibility than it has been up until this point. Right. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Do you have any different opinion? Uh, no, no. I just, I wasn't quite sure w- what you meant by being over. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so, so th- this is, I think, like, you're expressing what I talked about before about, like, this, this importance of having specific dates on the horizon or, yep. or at least specific-ish dates that being in lockdown and just being like, oh, I guess this is for an indefinite period of time is way harder than okay i'm gonna buckle down until march and i expect by march to be back to this this particular state of things so yeah my emotional state right now is vastly improved on my emotional Mm -hmm. state when we had lockdown 1.5 right okay that's good because that was just like well well what then you know it's like all right i'll do it but like what you know, like how how long is this going to last? Where are we? You know, like it was that kind of feeling. But now it's mm. kind of like this is just a hump to get over. I'm going to stay at home again for a few months and then we'll be able to try and get back to where we were eight months ago or whatever, six months ago. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, th- that makes sense. I don't have any real mental estimate on the timeline. I, I, f- I feel like I'd back your statement that I would expect to be vaccinated by the end of the year perhaps like september maybe optimistically september is my date too that's like where where i'm where i'm thinking the only reason i hesitate is because once the vaccine came out i was with everyone i was talking to i was very optimistic about oh vaccine rollout will be way faster than people expect because i think this is the kind of problem that humans are actually quite good at solving is okay we've made the thing now it's like a scale and logistics issue my only hesitation there is just i didn't quite properly parse in my head that there's two problems here which is manufacturing and and distribution and then what i can categorize as the last mile which is okay we need to get like jabs into people's arms and that that's the part where it seems like humans have floundered quite a lot and so that's Mm. the only reason i just worry a little bit is like that last mile distribution seems to be running into a bunch of very unexpected barriers but yeah that that's my only caution of like if i don't get vaccinated this year that would be my expectation for like what was the stumbling block it seems like the plans here are relatively aggressive if they can actually act the way that they're suggesting yeah the army's getting involved which makes sense (laughs) (laughs) that was a nice long pause there but but yeah like you need you know you need people to actually (laughs) every time you say the army's getting involved you know the situation isn't great Right. The, I mean, I don't know what it's like in other countries, particularly, but I know that that tends to be the thing here. It's like there is a disaster of some impact, and now the army's involved. Mm. And it's like, oh god! Like anytime the <laughs> army is involved in anything domestic here, like the shit has hit the fan in quite a significant way. Yes. And so that's where we are. And like I think I saw the the brigadier general. I think that was his phrase, which I just love that as a title. Uh, brigadier yeah, general yeah. just sounds so fancy. He says something like, you know, we have logistical skills, we can try and get this done, but it is also kind of like 
building a national supermarket in a month. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I see that. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you solve that problem. I'm glad it's not my problem. That's, that's, uh, that's, the, that's the feeling there. And yeah. now the Cortexan who's listening in speed mode to this in a two years time. They know how it went. Yeah, they know how it went. They're either thinking, oh, you know, what are they talking about? Or how relevant this evergreen content is. But I'm glad you're feeling better. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Command Line Heroes. Command Line Heroes is a podcast that tells epic, true tales of developers, programmers, hackers, geeks, and open source rebels who have revolutionized the technology landscape. Season 6 of Command Line Heroes is available now, and this season tells the story of black technologists who innovated and invented despite systemic racism, unfair hiring practices, and unequal education opportunities. There's an episode all about Gladys West, whose mathematical models and data analysis paved the way for GPS. Another episode tells the story of Jerry Lawson, who invented the first cartridge-based video game console, paving the way for Atari, Nintendo, Sega, and others. Another episode tells the story of Mark Dean, who grew up in the Jim Crow South and revolutionized the PC industry with the ISA bus. I got a sneak preview of season six of Command Line Heroes. The episode I heard was all about Dr. Gladys West. And hearing her overcome the struggles of being a young black woman trying to make her way through the scientific field in the 50s and 60s was really inspiring. The episode features fantastic interviews. I really like hearing these stories directly from the people involved and getting to hear Dr. West's story is something that made this show really special to me. I think you should give it a listen. There are people whose work has not been celebrated until now, so we should make sure to celebrate them right. Search for Command Line Heroes anywhere that you listen to podcasts, and we'll include a link in the show notes as well. Our thanks to Command Line Heroes for their support of this show and Relay FM. Little follow up on the theme system journal, Gray. Happy New Year. Happy new theme to everybody. It's, this is our first episode of 2021. Yeah. The theme system journal went on sale for our last episode Mm -hmm. we sold out in a week pretty much uh it was unexpected so you know we spoke about it last time we had uh, a larger order than we've ever had before and Mm -hmm. we were putting them up and we figured we'd have stock for a while but there was one thing that we said was like you were going to promote on your youtube channel which we'd not done before and we genuinely didn't know what that was going to do basically we sold half in a in a in just under a week and then the other half in two days, which was after you put up your, your video. Yeah. Complete honesty, this far exceeded our best expectation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to- totally. Like, we weren't being foolish. We weren't being, like, reserved. We really didn't th- think that it was going to that this was going to happen. And, like, and I'll try and yeah. put it in perspective a, a bit. So the order that we made was 75% of the total value that we have ever sold up until that point. So I really right. thought that we would have enough for at least a couple of months. Yeah. But we didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we didn't. And also, I think with me promoting the journal on my YouTube channel, I think that is that is one of the most nervous I have been about uploading a video in quite a while mm. because I, I, re- I really had the feeling of... I must have messaged you a million times like, I'm very uncertain, like, who knows how this is going to work out. Yeah, it was. this was all very weird for a lot of reasons. Because, yeah. like, one, 
there have been lots of times where you have shared ideas with me that you're working on. You maybe like show me a thing and say like, hey, what's your thoughts mm. on this? This was very different because like I was kind of actually involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because this was our thing that you were making a video about and like you would run things by me. And it was like, it was, it was a weird feeling for me, like to, to be in that process with you. And then we ended up putting up the video at a time that wasn't expected and it went up on its own. Everything about it was like, this is weird and uncertain. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think as I mentioned last time, I kind of got myself into a position in December where I was just working on too many things. Yeah. And so yeah. there was supposed to be a main video that was going to go along at the same time as the journal video went up. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, I had a big phone call with you about it and we were talking about options. I'm like, I don't think this is going to work out. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to have that main video ready. And I made the call just to do the journal on its own, mm-hmm. which even there, like just for someone who runs a YouTube channel, like you're always worried when you do something different. Like you just don't know how people are going to react, which is a whole issue that's completely separate from, I don't know how many journals this video is is going to sell. Like, yeah. I, don't, I have no idea. Everything was so uncertain like it might not make sense on the face of it but we actually believed that less people could see the video putting it up on its own yeah which is like a it's like a very weird thing that you were explaining to me from the youtube algorithm that if it like isn't what your viewers are expecting because it's not a full-on video they might not click it within the first few seconds yeah so there's a weird thing to explain which is the video has done better than i expected by about twice as much but still probably half as many views as I would expect if it had gone out with the main video mm-hmm. is my like mental estimation of where it is. And yeah, that totally is an effect that like YouTube is extremely sensitive to, and, and I hate this about YouTube, but I know it's a change that they've made, but like they're really sensitive to click through rates and retention in like the first five or 10 seconds for the very first people who were watching the videos. And yeah, so I thought like, oh man, like this this could end up being shown to very few people if like the algorithm gods just decide straight away yeah. that they don't like it. I mean, not that it matters because... <laughs> It, and, and anyway, like this is all this this thing where we really weren't sure and if we were making the right, but it ended up being the right decision because if it would have gone out of the main video and got more views, we would have had double the not amount of journals, right? Like, it, it, so it ended up being yeah. a, a, a weird chain of events that resulted in the best worst case scenario. Yeah, no, I, I'm, yeah, I'm very glad at the, at the way it went out because yeah. again, this, this is another thing where if, if you're running a business... I always think of this thing talking about like in economics and how how do you price things and if you're a if you're a store you always want like a little line like that means that your price is just right if you have a really long line like the price is is probably too low and if you have no line the price is too high and there's there's something similar here where we have the inventory and what we don't want is a long line of people who also then can't get the thing. Mm-hmm. So it totally worked out that yes, the the video didn't get shown to say twice as many people, 
all of whom wouldn't have been able to get it anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we, we did we did really uh, we did really luck out with that. But yes, I was the most nervous ever, and I, w- I was sending you drafts of the script, and I was like, "What do you what do you think about this, Mike?" Uh, <laughs> but it it went out very well, and I think we've both been very surprised at, mm. at how well it's how well it sold we just weren't expecting it we really did think we probably had months of inventory but that turned out to not be the case again <laughs> again there is a difference this time though yeah so but at the week this episode goes live by the end of that week the next batch starts printing and that is unprecedented yes. for us in speed and this is one of the, the great benefits we've had in moving our manufacturing. The plan right now, as it stands right now, is that we will have the same amount again ready to go to be shipped in early February. So barring any yeah. holdups or shipping issues, of which there could be many of both, mm-hmm. we expect to have more on sale in early March. Yeah, and and this does feel like, okay, we underestimated inventory, but we are finally in the position where when that occurs, we can restock on a reasonable time frame and, yep. we, and we don't have any of, the, of those kind of problems before. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge deal because it's, it's also a thing that, you know, we think with the journal, like, oh, you want to use the journal for a season and then use it for the next season. Like we want to be able to have the inventory ready for that. And it feels like we're finally in that place where the journals are no longer one-off items. I I think you should feel hugely accomplished, Mike, at getting to that place. Like, you really should. Yeah, I feel very good about it. I've been... This is an analogy I've been had in my mind for a while. Like, like stock management, which is what we're trying to do. It's like trying to catch an eel. Like, Mm. you can barely see it most of the time. And then you you think you spotted it and you try and grab it and you do, but it slips right out of your hand, Mm -hmm. right? It's just like, it's like an impossible thing. Like sometimes you think you've got it, but you don't, you know? And it's like, I know people hear the numbers like, why don't you just order more? And I wished it was as simple as that. Right. Well, yeah, your eel metaphor doesn't work because there's also... The reason people go, why don't you just order more? It's because like, well, in this scenario, if you try to catch the eel too hard, you go out of business. Yep. <laughs> so that's like, that's the problem yeah, is you, <laughs> <laughs> you have to catch the eel, but not too much. It's like, oh, well, just put the eel in an eel sized tub and you'll get it. It's like, yeah, but now, now the eel's too big, right? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> So like that is that is constantly the flip side is order too much bigger problem. <laughs> the dream is over, right? Like so as I said like I think it's a it's a big number, right? 75% of the total amount that we had sold up until that point and we've been selling them mm. for a year and a half. Yeah. Right? So, so we ordered a very large amount, but it's very hard to try and predict buying patterns. This is something that yeah. I, was t- I can't remember who I was talking to about this. I was talking to a friend about this recently. And they said to me, you know, lots of companies employ teams of people to make these decisions. Okay, that, that makes me feel better because a thing that has been constantly niggling at the back of my mind and I've searched for every once in a while on Google is I'm like, th- this feels like someone's PhD thesis is 
how to write a good algorithm for predictive inventory. I'm like, yeah. this must exist. Like, there's got to be a formula which which like abstracts away all the details of the business and can reduce it down to here's inventory, here's sales in X period of time, and then here's the restock numbers for same. Like, what is the algorithm to even this curve out? Like, it must exist. But since you're telling me that companies employ teams of people to try to solve this problem, my dream of, oh, I just don't know the correct Google keyword to find the solution to all of our problems was just a dream and a fantasy that this does not exist. Yeah, because it's like the scales are all messed up, right? Like, we've been selling merchandise for years, right? But the scales that we're selling these things on are completely different. And it's because it's yeah. a completely different type of product. And the time of year that we're selling it is different. The outlook of people makes a, nif- a difference. Yeah. It's like, you know, because we, we had some journals that we were selling at a discount, right? Because we started selling them in August because they were so delayed. And I guess people just didn't want to buy the journals in August in the pandemic year of 2020. Mm. And that was like a theory that I went in. So like we were nervous about ordering the amount that we ordered because we hadn't completely sold out of the smaller amount that we'd ordered six months prior or eight months prior. But I I was coming into it thinking like, no, no, I believe that people maybe abandoned their themes because the world changed and they were like, I'll just do another one in 2021. So I feel confident that this is a good amount. And I was right, but not right enough. And we talked about that decision a lot. And yeah. th- this is also one of these things where I'm, o- I'm always aware you have to be worried about telling stories to yourself sometimes. Yeah. And and this is a thing where I was aware that we, we were just like making up stories about why. So we said, oh, we haven't sold out the, the run of the first journals. Uh, why? Oh, maybe it's August and people don't want to. Maybe it's the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like, but there's no data for any of this. No, right? it's, it's just like feeling. a little fairy tale story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and but but the thing is, like, you just know from experience, he's got feelings. You know, I, I don't think they have a high predictive output, and and so that that's why I think both of us were also feeling cautious about what we already felt like was too big of an order yeah that was part of my feeling is like okay we haven't sold out version one yes maybe maybe it's the problem of of like you know oh when when you think a new mac is coming you don't buy the old version like oh maybe it's this kind of issue with with selling like oh yeah that was the other thing i believed a lot of people were were holding off because they knew there was a version two coming yeah and 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 like maybe that's true maybe that's not true and the and the the killer thing is We'll never know, no. right? Like we just have speculation, no. but you, you just you just can't predict this stuff at all. And again, it's high stakes eel catching yep. is what it is. So everybody that bought one, thank you so much. It is, yeah. you know, uh, I consider one of my greatest professional accomplishments to this point that <laughs> people bought it and they seem to really like it. The feedback has been very, very good and I'm so happy. Yes. And if you weren't able to get one, we're very sorry. We're working very hard. They'll be back in stock soon. If you're using one now and you're thinking, am I going to be able to get one of these? We're going to have more in stock. So hopefully if you're using the system, you'll be able to pick one up. I guess, you know, I, t- I really don't like to say this, but I'm going to say it. Like if you're using it and you think this is really great, I want to keep using it, just buy one as soon as they go back on stock again. 
because then you'll know. There's a lot of stuff that happens during these processes that we cannot conceive of until they happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like what I'm saying, like, we're we're expecting to have these ship in, in February, but the factory could go into lockdown, right? I don't know, but it could happen. And then we're going to be waiting again. So I will just say, Mike, I think you you are in the position of having much more bloody firsthand contact with what the problems are. I'm in the trenches on this one, Gray. I'm not going to yeah. lie. <laughs> yeah. You, you are deep in the trenches and you have that hollow look in your eyes, right, for, for having been in that experience for a while. My overview here is I feel very confident that we have, as soon as we get the next order, we will have solved the problem of restocking because all of the major uncertainties are now over you know people knew we were working on the second version Uh and that that has been resolved there was the uncertainty about the youtube audience sales that has been resolved and the production timeline for order and restock has been dramatically shrunken so that it's very achievable to now have an idea of like okay when inventory hits this number we reorder this number and i like i feel like this is a solved problem going forward so that's that's my feeling on it mike i'm happy uh, for I know, you i know you've been through a lot but i'm, ha- I'm that's, happy that's how that i feel way. about this uh, <laughs> <laughs> what i'll say is the two places you can sign up if we're out of stock at any point on our product page at cotton bureau you can put your email in and you'll get a one-time notification for when we restock but if you want to get to always know when there's restocks at thethemesystem.com, there is just an email newsletter that every time we have them go back and stock again, I send out an email to that newsletter to let people know. So depending on what your preference is, if you just want to get it one time or you want to know every time, they are your options. There'll be links in the show notes for both of those. Along with, actually, I will also put a link in the show notes to an episode of The Pen Addict, episode 441. If you are a pen and paper nerd, and you would like to know in more detail the exact particulars of the journal, why I made the choices I made, which is like four levels down the stack of nerdiness that I'm going to subject everybody to on this show. Uh, Me and Brad broke it down on the episode, and we kind of went into all of like, why did I choose this grammage of paper over this grammage of paper? And what are the, you know, like (laughs) really like deep down. But if you're that type of person, that's out there for you. All right, should we talk about our yearly themes again? I I always like to spend some time in the next episode after we set them, like after they've settled in a little bit. Because I don't know about you, but I I really feel Mm. like the first kind of 60 days of my yearly theme, there's like a lot of movement as it's kind of like solidifying for me. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I think there's the additional uh, effect for us about making it public and and talking about it. You know, because again, I, I... keep it a total secret like and i just talked to you about it on the show and there's there's always this process of explaining something to someone helps clarify your own thoughts and also just having it out there can sharpen things up for you so yeah i'm I'm very happy to revisit our themes in this early january taking a lot of voyages yet (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i I will i will just say (laughs) Not to revisit our opening conversation, but very quickly, when we did record 
that first episode where I talked about Year of the Voyage, I I did have it in my mind of like, my theme was almost boring of like, oh, my, my theme is I'm going to go outside sometimes. And this is almost boring to talk about because we were, we were recording at, I think perhaps to the day, my apex of optimism for the next year's worth of time. And I was like, uh. oh, this, this whole coronavirus thing is getting wrapped up. And I almost had this weird thought of like, I might have picked a really bad theme that I would have to change because it's just like, it wouldn't really be relevant in the next coming year. But boy, oh boy, am I glad I went with Year of the Voyage because of like the two sides of the coin and like the flip side of Year of the Voyage is like what I was, what we were talking about before is like double down on Spaceship U and, and have set reassessment points or like set dates that that you're looking for and the events of the world conspired to give them to me and i also like you i'm psychologically i feel like i'm in a really good place because when lockdown 2 was announced i felt like oh okay this is exactly what i had prepared for that the flip side of this theme is you know this is not unexpected and you're going to continue with this process of like working at home in a very space deliberate way mm. for set periods of time. And so I think if I had not done that, I think the psychological feeling could have been something along the lines of I was really optimistic that this was over and then it was all snatched away at the last second, which yeah. would not have been a great feeling. Again, I, I just feel I feel very relieved about intentionally picking something that was quite flexible. As part of this, one of the things that I've done was after the Christmas break, I decided to do the thing that I have wanted to do for the entirety of, of this lockdown period, but just never wanted to do at any particular time, was a full and complete office KonMari. Like, I went to my home office, I took everything out of that office brought it all into the main room this includes like in my home office i also have a closet which contains a lot of my personal stuff like clothing and additional equipment it's like bring it all out into the main room and i just went through all of it like deciding okay i am going to assume for the sake of this exercise that I will be working in my office for the next year at home with no other place to go. And like, with that in mind, what do I need to keep? What makes sense to have in the office? And what doesn't make sense to have in the office? And as always with one of these like tidying sessions, it was just a really great thing to do like it had been on my mind for months and months like it bothered me that i had too much stuff that was just unorganized in here as you occasionally heard when i had to rummage through boxes to try mm -hmm. to find like oh where's that cable and i probably decreased the amount of storage space that i had by at least two-thirds i have a nice little box with all of my audio stuff in it and it's like ah yes this is the box that contains audio stuff this is the box of all of the different wires and each type of wire is like in its 
own separate little bag. Mm. And here's the charging station for all the things. Like, I kind of sort of had that stuff for most of the year, but I gave it a lot of really serious thoughts. And, you know, in the process of doing that, I also decided, okay, now that everything's out of the office, it's way easier for me to think about how do I want this to be set up, assuming that I'm going to be here for a year. And it was just, it was just really clarifying. And again, because of the theme it's like, it didn't feel like a bad exercise. It felt mm. like a good exercise. Also, when you bring everything out, it's way easier to move stuff around or like make brand new decisions. And so I've totally changed the layout of the two desks in my space. So I've kind of reversed my podcast slash writing station and the sound booth that I use around it and like how the microphone is oriented and all of this stuff from my initial tests say like, oh, this is this is a much better setup. Like there's right. way less noise that gets on the microphone, works nicely in my office. I have a new treadmill uh, for the treadmill desk that is much nicer than the one I used to have. I don't remember if we ever spoke about the treadmill desk. We did talk about the treadmill desk. I think you were annoyed because I hadn't mentioned it because I had had it for like months and then it came up at some point. Mm. What I don't remember if we talked about is i did have a treadmill and then it like had a small electrical fire one day and so i had to get rid of it <laughs> no <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah i can't I, I don't think i mentioned that on the show but no you even told me this i didn't know this yeah so th- what it's like a small electrical fire on a treadmill like what is that all, what's that all about uh so i have to like It's still the same case now, but in order to, so I'm sitting at the desk, which is normally my standing desk for writing where I have Mm -hmm. the treadmill. Now with the old treadmill, I had to physically unplug it from the wall and plug it back in and move it each time I wanted to do a podcast recording, which is like a big pain in the ass. But one of the times when I went to plug it back in, there was an extremely loud pop from right under the front where the motor was. And a little bit of light that I could see coming translucently through the top of the case and a lot of heat. And I grabbed my little fire extinguisher that I have in my office. Luckily, I did not need to use it because I was just looking at it for a few minutes and then the light dimmed and the smell of horribly burnt plastic filled the room. And so uh, that treadmill was no more. And I did not order a replacement of the same model of that treadmill. And I got a different one. Should I have a fire extinguisher in my office? Yeah, you should have a fire extinguisher in your office. You should totally have a fire extinguisher that is for electric fires. And this is the reason why. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have a treadmill. Yeah, but, but I'm sure, like me, you must have a million electrical equipment <sighs> stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, again, if I, if I look under my desk right now... The, like the amount of things yeah. that are plugged into the extension cord, mm. even if any of them individually are not likely to catch fire, like, you know, the extension cord itself is not a perfect piece mm-hmm. of equipment and it has a lot of draw on it. Mm. So it's just a, like, it's just a really teeny tiny one. You know, it's not much bigger than two soda cans on top of each other and it's four electrical fires and I keep it in my office. You know how I don't like chi charging? We've been through this, right? Yes, yes. De- Belkin made a chi charger that was catching fire. Mm-hmm. I knew it was going to happen. Said it the whole time. Right. Apple was selling right. this so. Belkin wireless charger and it started mm-hmm. catching fire. 
I mean, when you say catching fire, is this a thing where people say catching fire and they mean shorting out? Or do they, you mean like flames? Um, an issue with the power supply unit could cause the device to overheat and leave it vulnerable to catching fire or shocking people. That's what the product recall okay. says. That sounds like possible fire, but yeah, still yeah, yeah. quite alarming. <laughs> you know, it's like your treadmill only possibly caught on fire. But I'm very certain it was on fire inside, <laughs> and luckily I, it ran out of fire. Air. How do you know that it was a fire? You know, I am counting the light and the smoke as fire. <laughs> <laughs> it could have just like I don't know, got really excited. Yeah, it definitely sounded like the, the tremor caught on fire. That's a I don't like that. Yeah, get get yourself a small fire extinguisher mm-hmm. for electrical fires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no one going to do that now. Yeah, yeah, d- definitely do that. So, mm-hmm. but so like as part of the office rethink like i got a treadmill that one disconnects without having to like physically plug it in each time there's like a wire that i can disconnect in a different way and also got a a treadmill that quite nicely actually does fold up against the wall in a in an easier way so that like when i'm transitioning to podcast mode it's a much simpler process than it was before which is very nice and also, as part of this process, I got new storage um, shelves that are much nicer than the temporary stuff that I had had before. So I took this the start of the year as a time to take the year of the voyage brackets, like in Spaceship U, very seriously again, in the, yeah. in the same way that I took it very seriously a year ago. And I was I was really happy to do that. And right now I feel the same way of like, oh, thank goodness. Like I got rid of so much crap that I didn't need in my office. Everything that I do need is much more easily accessible. The, the storage spaces that I have now look much nicer. I also bought like 10 of these massive sunshine LED lamps to place all around the office so it's like really bright inside which is very nice your office is not that big it must be like the surface of the sun in there (laughs) yeah but you but you know mike i have these massive sound absorbing panels that i build my little recording studio oh they're like it's like looking into the abyss those things yes yeah those those things are 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 venti black you know perfect light absorbing stuff So, so you need the power of several tiny suns to to overcome them Mm -hmm. but it's just one of those things like again thinking about it quite seriously and try and trying to go through what haven't i liked about my office in the past year yeah that was one of the things that was high on the list it's like i can never get it bright enough that i'm happy with the situation so i was like okay brightness is my problem what do i need leds that have ten thousand lumens great Give me 10 of them and I'll just pop them all over the place. And now it's, now it's really nice, especially with the blue walls. Like I couldn't possibly love it more. So that, that was like the main big project of working on redoing the office. And it took so much longer than I thought it would, but I'm I'm really happy that I spent the time at the start of the year to do that. Yeah. I I think that's really great. I would definitely say that I have not put that kind of effort in that you have like the amount of work I did was small for, for getting the office set mm. up again. I could imagine wanting to do this if I didn't have a studio, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, at the moment, like, Adina was asking me, uh, like, if I wanted to get some new things for the home office. Like, she's like, oh, you, like, what about this? What about this? Would it make you feel more comfortable? And I'm kind of like, I kind of refuse to want to spend more money on the home office because I'm paying rent on a studio that I'm not going to. 
Right, so like I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm like a little, I'm like resistant to it, kind of like on a principle level. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, but I've, you know, what I have done is just make it so I've made enough space to to not feel like I'm in this cave uh, of mm-hmm. an office, which is what I felt like previously, because it just felt like everything was 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 like closing in around me, being in here. So I have done some work, but it, I could imagine if I was in your position, where like. Like mm. maybe me like a year ago from now, where I was just assuming that I was going to be at home all the time. Uh, I could imagine doing what you have done, like really just going back to the beginning, ripping it out and starting all over again. And and it's also easier to do that with the perspective of, okay, I have worked in this space for almost a year. Yeah. What have I liked and what have I not liked? Yeah. And just trying to get rid of the you know, it's not like there was any major problem, but it was just a bunch of minor things. But a bunch of minor things do cause annoyance, like they add up together. And so yeah. I'm really happy to resolve it. But I, but I agree, like in your situation, I wouldn't recommend the same course of action. Like taking the time I took to redo my home office wouldn't make sense for you to take that time to redo your home office. Like that, you know, they're just totally different situations. The plan is that this room doesn't have any office stuff in it. Like that was the plan. Right. That's the dream. <laughs> That's the dream. Maybe. It's the dream. Maybe. 2021. I could do 2021. It. No home office for Mike. Maybe. <laughs> Just one, one other little thing for my year of the voyage in Spaceship U is also thinking back over the past year, the one station, the one station I have never been able to really get a good hold on which has driven me crazy all last year because it's normally not a problem has been sleep. Hmm. And it's, it's been like, I've, I've just found it sort of fascinating, but last year I've just was never able to get into a consistent waking time. And it, I just found it shocking. Like I'm not this sort of person who sleeps in, but I've never in my whole life had more difficulty getting up at the time that I want to wake up than I have in the last year. Mm. And it's just been totally shocking on both ends of staying up later than I intend to or like waking up in the middle of the night and being awake for a while and just sleeping in and not even consistently like waking up times keep moving by an hour in either direction. It's one of those things where. It just sort of slowly happened and I was aware of it all last year and I would talk to people sometimes about like, oh, this is probably one of the biggest changes for me is is this really this big frustration, but I could never quite get it to work and I've decided like, okay, that's one of the specific topics for again, this year, if I'm going to, at the start of the year, take it seriously and overestimate the time, it's like, I can't have another year of this. No matter what the deal is, no matter how hard it is, no matter how much my brain really doesn't want to get up when it's supposed to get up in the morning, like, I'm going to tackle this problem and and get this sorted because this is probably like, one of the bigger things that I want to accomplish under this lockdown situation that I want to be different from how it went last year. So yeah, that's probably the next thing on my uh, like actionable items that are coming out of the theme, reassessing at the 
beginning of the year. Mm. Yeah, my sleep pattern's messed up big time. Okay, can, can I ask you a question? Mm. Have you had really vivid dreams? Some, yeah. Hmm. What I'll say is, for me with dreams, I don't dream very often. Or at least mm-hmm. I very rarely remember my dreams. Like, I wake up and they're gone. Mm-hmm. But I have had some dreams recently that have stuck with me a little bit more, which is abnormal. Hmm. But I have heard this from a lot of friends uh, are having what I would describe as COVID dreams, where it's like, I'm outside and I'm freaking out, right? Like, I've, I've been hearing a lot of that kind of stuff, which is, like, very clear. Like, and, But I know this is what people do, right? Like, they... they you're influenced, it's your brain being influenced by what's around you and you're dreaming about it. But I I would say that I'm, I don't know if they're more vivid or not than other dreams, but I am having more dreams than I'm remembering than I normally do. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, it's, I've heard the same thing from other people. And it's it's one of the reasons why I sort of wrote off the sleep thing is like, oh, something's just different about sleep and it'll hmm. sort itself out eventually. But yeah, it's, I don't know what the deal is. If, if anything, if I had to predict ahead of time, if someone said, oh, you're going to spend a year in your house. Do you anticipate that the intensity and vividness of your dreams will increase or decrease in that environment? I would have bet a lot of money on decrease. Yeah. Like, oh, this is nothing. This is super boring. The number of times when I wake up now and feel like, oh man, I was really busy last night, like in my dreams is very high. And it's just interesting talking to other people. It does seem like that has not been a universal phenomenon, mm. but a very fairly prevalent phenomenon. And I just kind of wonder what the deal is, but I've had enough of this. <laughs> I think it's one of those things that like you can see in hindsight. Like I would have agreed with you. Like in be given this set of parameters, what would your dreams be like? It's like, well, you have no stimulus, so they would be boring. But actually, yeah. it's the inverse. You have no stimulus, so your brain's like, oh, what can I cook up? I am bored. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this episode of Cortex is brought to you by FitBod, the fitness app that provides a personalized exercise plan, a fitness plan that actually fits you. When it comes to fitness, FitBob believes that everyone can be better. Whether you're working out three days a week or twice a day, FitBob's algorithm uses data and analytics to help you build on your previous workout so that your next workout is scientifically proven to be better than the last. If health and fitness activity is a part of your yearly theme for 2021, you want to try out FitBud. It has been fine-tuned by certified personal trainers to bring the best practices of strength training to you. Your workout program is tailored exactly to your needs, making it perfectly suited to your unique body, experience, environment, and goals. Look, it can be hard to know how much work you should be doing whilst exercising, but FitBod takes care of all of that for you so you don't have to worry about under or overtraining. And it will also mix up your muscle groups, exercises, set reps and weight over time to keep you on top form and make sure you're working out what needs to be worked out. You don't want to spend hours researching the best exercises and strategies to get results. FitBod does it for you. 
If you're working out at home right now, FitBod has a bunch of bodyweight only workouts. These are great for indoors or outdoors, but if you have access to a gym, they also have tons of great workout options there too. They have everything you're going to need no matter how much equipment you have access to. FitBod is there to help you with any exercise routine. I love that it's available to me wherever I am with any equipment that I have available. This has been something super useful to me as what I have available to me at any time has changed so much in the past year. Whether I have access to a gym or just some weights or even resistance bands at home, FitBod is there to give me the recommendations and workouts that I'm looking for. I also really love their Apple Watch app. That's been super useful for me uh, when using FitBod because it's a way to keep my phone away from me while working out. FitBod is available on iOS and Android, and you can get started right now by going to fitbod.me cortex. You'll also get 25% off your membership when you do. That's fitbod.me cortex to try out FitBod for free and get 25% off your FitBod membership. Our thanks to FitBod for their support of Cortex and Relay FM. So how is your theme going in the, in the beginning of the year? Pretty good. I, I think for me... What, there's there isn't really too much to to be achieved in the short term. Okay. But what I have enjoyed is keeping the idea of reinvention in my mind as I'm moving through life at the moment, and mm-hmm. I think I've been able to kind of solidify some of my thinking around it a little bit more. So we've been watching uh, Chef's Table on Netflix, which is just like. Multiple series TV show, uh, we're going to tell you the life of a famous chef or a successful chef. Mm-hmm. And the main thing that I noticed from watching these shows is kind of this idea of a reinvention for these individuals. There is a formula, like it was, we were making a joke about it by getting to the end of the show. Like every chef would have some success and then they would have a thing that knocked them back. And then they would come back and be bigger and better than ever, right? Mm-hmm. And the knockback for them could honestly, it wasn't necessarily that something terrible had happened, like they failed, you know, like some of them, like their restaurant fail, but some of them would be like, I believe that I am making this kind of food, uh, which is incredible and everyone loves it and they're doing great. And then they meet some other famous chef and they're like, You're not, your food's not doing what you think it's doing. Uh, you mm. are making like an imitation of Mexican food. You're not actually respecting the ingredients. So then that person takes it to heart and then they go on like a vision quest throughout all of Mexico and then they end up mm. making the best Mexican food around, right? This is like a thing that plays out a lot in the show. And I've been, I was finding it very interesting watching it because it was like, you watch these people get really good at a thing, but they're always looking for the next thing. They're, 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 they, you, they have the success but they've always mm-hmm. got their eye on, well, I've hit this now, so now what? And I really enjoy watching shows like this to see the creative process for people, like how they grow and express themselves. And I like a show that, that highlights how difficult this process can be for people, right? Of like wanting a next thing, a, a more thing. And this has helped me kind of like solidify another phrase that, I'm baking into the year of reinvention, which is the phrase, the second act. Ooh, I like that. That's the thing that I see all these people going through. And I think it's where I am in my creative life. Like I've been looking at my last few years of themes, diversification, stabilization, refinement, and shift. 
Like these were the the themes in kind of reverse order. And I think that this thing about what is my next thing has been something that's been bubbling up for a long time. Mm. And I think for me, it's not that I feel like I need to start again, but it's that I am looking for another challenge. Mm. And when I've been looking through my years of themes, there's been this element of it the whole time, like wanting to diversify myself and stabilize certain areas of my creative life, but also looking for new creative expression and fulfillment. And I'm, I think that it's circling around this idea. And so I think that reinvention for me for this year is really the culmination of work that I've been trying to do for a while. I cannot say that I will achieve this in 2021, but I think that I've mm. finally gotten to kind of like the knife's edge of, of something that I've been skirting around for like four years nearly. Mm. And so kind of like finding other areas that I can find success in right now feels like something that's important to me. And with where I am right now, with like my spread of the things that I do, I think I'm f potentially finding that in the work that we're doing with Cortex Brand. Mm. Like the idea that we are trying to build out of this, this like selection of products for people that are like us, it's interesting to me. And I, and I find myself being very engaged with it mentally. Like I'm, I'm in, enjoying the problem solving aspect of it and the risks inherent to it. Like there is something in that which is very exciting and fulfilling. Mm. And and I do feel like now I'm we are getting to a point where I don't know why I keep coming up with animal based metaphors, but like like grabbing the bull by the horns kind of thing is where we're getting closer to that point. Of like, all right, well, we just got to do this thing, you know, and and mm -hmm. it's 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 an intimidating thing, but I think that that's kind of where I'm I'm getting closest to of like, all right, so you've done this thing, you had a thing that you wanted to do, and you wanted to be a podcaster. That was your goal, and I have now spent more time doing this professionally than I ever wanted to do it, right. So I feel I feel accomplished here, but I don't think that I would feel creatively fulfilled just doing the same thing for the next 35, 40 years. Like, right. I, I want to do different things. And one of the main differences for myself now to how I've been over the last 10 years is I don't feel like I have to leave anything behind. But I feel like I need to have a different mix. And I've been, hmm. right, like, and I've been kind of circling around this for years, but it's like, okay, what is the next thing that Mike Hurley can do? Like, that's kind of where I am now. That's what reinvention is. That's what this idea of the second act is. And I, th I think that maybe this year I'm going to be able to make more significant steps in this than i have been in the previous few years because now i feel like i've really hit it so 
I've had a lot of clarification in my mind over the last few weeks. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting to hear because since we spoke about it last time, I've, I've thought about your theme several times. And I think it's because it's without a doubt my favorite theme that you've done. Mm. Like, like hearing you talk about it, I've, I've I thought like, you know, wow, Mike's, Mike's really gotten something this year. And I, like, I like the way he was talking about it. And this today has really solidified for me, like, oh, why have I thought that like, oh, Mike picked for himself just like the perfect, just a great theme. This is the best theme he's picked for himself so far. And, and I think you're right. It's because you have been kind of swirling around these ideas for a while and you've articulated it now. Like you said, re- reinvention is is a thing that uh, may take more than a single year to accomplish, but I really like that this is in your mind clearly. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think the second act is a great additional phrase to have to try to clarify to yourself, like, oh, what do you mean by this? And like you said, it doesn't it doesn't need to be something that's totally different. You don't need to leave something behind. And that's why the second act is a just a great phrase because it's like, that's what happens in a story. Like there is a continuation, but also... There are new things yep. that are different. And so I, I really like it. Because I feel like I've already entered my second act as a podcast creator. Like I've, I feel like mm. I'm already there. Like I've, I've done that, like in that part of my career. You know, like I'm, I'm very much in it now, you know, in multiple ways. Like one, just from going from like being a person trying to make it happen into being a person who part runs a company that does this. But then, that mm-hmm. then also a, another level of last year, being a person who is now creating content that I'm asking people to pay me directly for, mm. like that's like another part of this, right? Of of like this this like second act of me as a creator, where it's like, okay, I've had this stuff and it's free, and we support it with ads, and that's the business. Now I am also asking you, like, if you like the work that I do enough that you want to support it and get more of it, this is a thing that we can do. And, like, that, I feel like that is, like, a second act for me there as well. But now I'm like, Mm. all right, but this is all still in the thing that you've been doing for a decade. Let's go up another level. You as a person who has ambitions and creativity you need to 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 look at something else a completely different field right can you can you make it work in something that is completely unlike everything that you're doing not an adaptation <laughs> right not like a little shift here or there a, a different step into a different type of podcast content we're talking mm. like different business and so we have been moving towards this for a while, but I feel like it's a an area that now I've kind of like I've made it like I've, I've approached like a fork in the road, and, and I think I, I think I know where we're going. I know you like to build traditions into the cortex calendar. Yeah, are you going to give us the traditional Mike time tracking report? Yes, and I've made it better this year. <laughs> There's a chart. I've made Ooh. a chart. <laughs> so I, I've provided this in the show notes for you and for our listeners. It's uh, my oh wow, you're really getting fancy. I know. <laughs> so like previous years, I've just included screenshots, and then today I thought, wouldn't it be nicer if rather than you going between one or the other to compare them, I can just create a chart for you to show how things have changed year over year. 
Ooh, I really like this. This is great. <laughs> the state of Mike. I like it. I know. There's one thing. Look, before we dive into any particulars here, there's there's just there's like a massive elephant in a room that needs to be addressed of these statistics. Uh-huh. So in 2019, I tracked 918 hours of work. Mm-hmm. In 2020, I tracked 1,506. Ah, that's quite a difference. Why? It's a massive difference. Well, there's there's a bunch of reasons. So there's small reasons and there's big reasons. Like I didn't travel, right? When I traveled, I didn't time track. Ah, uh, okay. But that doesn't equate for a 600-hour difference. <laughs> no, and, no. And, and looking at the charts, there's nothing on here that's obviously a 600-hour difference either. No, the, 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 the difference is I worked a lot more in 2020. I mean, mm-hmm. we knew that. I've spoken about that. Um, right. Everything is up across the board, and that has just added to a 600-hour difference. How do you feel about that? I feel terrible about it. Okay. Because I didn't feel like in 2019 I had all this time to spare. Right? You, you mean if, if we had talked to 2019 Mike and said, oh, hey, could you increase these hours by what? Like 40%? Like he wouldn't have responded. Oh, yeah, there's, there's tons of slack in the schedule for that. Yeah, like I would have been like, no, I don't think I want to do that. Thanks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, I've, we've spoken about this, right? I spoke about it on our last episode. I think maybe even a little bit in the one before. It was, a I feel like, mostly unavoidable requirement this year. More was needed. You know, there, there are new entrants on this list. There are entrants that saw a huge change in them. It is what it is. I I don't I couldn't tell you what 2021 is going to look like. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to ask is what is your prediction for 2021? G- given that I think if we asked current you, mm. do you think you have say 40% more slack in the schedule to give? I think you're going to answer no to that. No, I I can tell you categorically I don't. Um yeah. I think 2019 Mike would have said he didn't want to. Ah, okay, interesting. Right? But I think, you know, I could have, fa- I could have found it. Uh, I don't have that kind of amount of hours in me. I would expect, mm-hmm. my prediction now, uh, is that 2021, the number will be in between these. How do you feel about that? I th- I'm fine with it for now. Because I think okay. it's continued to be what is needed. And also that there are just some things that won't change. So some of the clearer differences are in show prep podcast editing and podcast recording right so they're they're the biggest bars and those biggest bars have gotten bigger one of the reasons for that is my shows that take the most time now take more time to make does that make sense i feel like cortex doesn't fit in that category right or or are you including all of the additional stuff for the membership like yeah. is, is that what you mean by like all of the shows across the board it's Correct. you're including the membership because you have a you have an additional category on here which is membership but you're not tracking the show extra right that is administration of membership right that, ah, that that's okay and so i also expect okay. that that number will be vastly lower now because like most of the the what 60 right. hours in that was in getting the new system off the ground 
Okay. I don't okay. do the ongoing maintenance of the membership program. That That's Stephen's part of the business. But when we were starting off with our new system, I was much more involved in that, in, in helping them. Mm. We were talking about it more, meeting about it more, that kind of stuff. Ah, uh, okay. That makes that And makes so sense. I expect that that number will go down a lot. But the the membership content for my shows is included in podcast editing, podcast recording, right. and show prep. Okay, all right. That that makes more sense. I don't know why. I just the way it was worded on the chart, I assumed membership included everything you were doing for the membership, which included the additional content yeah. and editing. Which, in retrospect, is is crazy. Like that obviously shouldn't have been the case. But I can see why you, why someone would yeah. think it right. And like this is one of those things. Like everyone's time tracking setup, base or like even their productivity setup, basically only makes sense to them, right? Because yes. it's what makes <laughs> yes, sense exactly. to your brain and everybody else is completely <laughs> different. But that so that that also then puts you in a more difficult position for getting back to say sub a thousand hours of of tracked work mm-hmm. because yeah there, like there's things on here also like mega studio i expect will have not so much of a bar next year exactly. for the time that was put into it like that's a one-time investment yep. along with the membership admin but yeah so so you've you've signed yourself up for and it it visually looks like i don't know what would you say like 20-25% extra work across the board for all podcasts with the membership program now as part of them. Mm-hmm. Is that, would you say that's about right? Yeah. Hmm. I'm fine with it because the membership program has been a success. Okay. So you think that's a sensible increase in time per unit of recuperation from that? Yes. Okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I feel very suddenly aware of looking at these charts of bigger numbers in the context of reinvention, like, I, like I, I'm just thinking of Mike needs reinvention time. And, and so that's, that's, just what, that's just sort of what's on my mind here is like, oh, okay, you have signed yourself up for more work across the board for podcasting and, ju- and just trying to think about like other projects for you, where, where are they going to go or where are you going to find, find time for it? But I mean, it's going to ultimately, I mean, I guess mean that I have to make tougher decisions in some areas Mm -hmm. and that's just gonna have to be a thing that i need to deal with if and when Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean for all i know like the the, the, you know a lot of a lot of the the growth in time has also been in like establishing new processes to handle the production like it took me a while to really get my head around what is the most efficient way to produce this second version of the show and i am getting way faster at that now okay because just from like a a management level right like i'm dealing with two versions of the editing project two files two parts of our publishing system right Hmm. and getting that system down took me a while and i know i'm getting faster at it but like what I can never get away from is it will always take more time to prepare the shows if there's more content. It will always take more right. time to record them and it will always take more time to edit them. And that's that's fine for right now. That's fine. Mm. I just need to see how it shakes out in the long term. What do you think about your time spent on the on the one-off things on this on this list? Like I'm looking at this, this mega studio and I'm also looking at the things that have massively increased like streaming 
Yeah. Uh, streaming was nothing in 2019. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a much bigger thing in 2020. So how, how do you feel about those things that exist, which didn't before? There's a, there's a funny one here, which is also events, which mm. is dramatically increased. Doesn't to, make sense, does it? In 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I'm wondering is like, where would have been the WWDC on 2019 yeah. like that went away but you know events has gone up so so i'm just like i'm kind of curious about these ones in particular where yeah. bam there's there's stuff in 2020 which basically didn't exist in 2019 yeah yeah i know i i was waiting for events i was waiting to see if you pick <laughs> up on that one cuz it doesn't make sense does it right no there were no, no events in 2020 i assumed events is like the the podcast-a-thon like that's what i was assuming that was that is exactly what it is okay this is one of the ones hit by travel so my 2019 events would have been massive but i don't track when i travel okay but i was tracking the podcast-a-thon stuff because i was at home for it all but i also was tracking like the planning of it differently i think i would have Honestly, the thing was that we spent a lot more time on the 2020 event than the 2019 event. Right. Because not only did we have to plan it, we had to plan it all over again, right? When right. all the plans changed. So live shows and all that kind of stuff, I didn't really track that kind of those really in 2019 because I was, I was handling all of that while I was mostly not at home, right? When I was not working mm-hmm. at home. So that, was, that is a thing which is large. Uh, 63 hours and that's all of the planning and then the execution of the event and i also had to do a lot of like getting the environment ready like all Mm -hmm. of that stuff balloon room may not be in the 2021 thing i don't know streaming for me is i mean i track it as work because i feel like it's time that should be tracked but if it's like it's a hobby it's how it feels okay so it's in my work tracking but it doesn't feel like work at all so that going up will improve my mental health. So, so what's your reasoning for tracking it if, it's, if it feels so different? I just want the data on that. Okay. Because like, when I come to look at this list, it makes me happy to see those numbers there because I know that <laughs> like, that makes me feel good. So I like to see that I'm putting more time in it. Okay, that that makes that makes sense. It makes me happy. It's a perfectly valid reason. I like yeah. that. Mentorship is a new one on there. I don't really think this is the thing I've actually spoken about at all on the show. I don't even know if it's something that me and you have spoken about. I started a mentorship program back in like May or something like that it was, where I'm working with a group of people that wanted that, that are trying to get their kind of start in podcasting. So this is a, a thing that I've been doing uh, mostly on a monthly basis. And it's a thing that I look to continue to do into the future. It takes a lot of time to make something work like this. And, and I feel like it's something that I need to continue getting better at as a person leading a group like this. Uh, but that's the thing that didn't exist before. And it's the thing that's going to continue from there. And again, it's like, is it work like the rest of my stuff is? Not really, but it feels related enough. And I want to get those numbers in there. I want to see what I'm spending time on it. It's like there's something that didn't exist before. Can you explain to me more about the mentorship one? Like, I feel like I don't have a good understanding of why did you pick up this project okay. and what is it for? So this is a program that I created kind of in like May or June of last year to work with people who are underrepresented 
in the type of podcasting that I do, which is, you know, mostly technology shows, but in my kind of area, effectively like conversations. They're like talking shows, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I can't really help people that want to make shows that are really heavily produced, like they have music in them and sound like they belong on American public radio. But there are right. lots of people that want to do the types of shows that we make, but want to get a head start, want to get a hand. And I have experience and can share it with people. And I put out a call on social media and I had lots of people apply. Like I had like a, an application system and I work with a group of like nine or 10 people and we are in constant communication. We have like a, a, a private group, a Discord group actually, not Slack. Discord Ooh, group. Yeah, that's the way to go. Yeah, and we meet on a monthly basis where I give what I've like jokingly dubbed in the group like little lectures about a certain topic. Like I'll pick a thing and I'll, we'll mm -hmm. talk about it and we'll answer questions about it. And then in the in-between times, I help pe these people out with questions that they have about trying to get their project started. Hmm. That's, that's really interesting. That's really interesting. And yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think you've you've mentioned a peep about this to me all year. Like, no. I can't believe that you've, you've like kept this secret from me this whole time. Well, this, <laughs> I think it was one of those things where I meant to mention it to you and then didn't. And then it was like, is this something that you'll just never find out about because you don't use social media? <laughs> and the answer is yes. <laughs> and then it's funnier this way. <laughs> yeah. I've been working on this project for... About six or seven months. Yeah, we've, we've had like six or hmm. seven Zoom calls with the group. And it's, it's been really interesting to have this stuff to, to share with people. And it feels like it's, like a, it's a lot of responsibility, mm. you know, because you kind of go into these things and you're like, I feel like I have stuff to say. Like, am I actually helping these people? Right. And... It's something that, like, you know, I've, I've tried to keep small because going into it, I had no idea how much time it would take to help people go, go through this kind of process. But, you mm -hmm. know, I, I kind of feel like that there is an element of, like, you, you've, you've got to kind of be the change you want to see in the world. And it felt like, to me, the, the right thing for me to do. Uh, it was something I wanted to do to to help people out that wanted help. You're doing like group calls with everybody at once? That's what you're doing? Yes. We have a group call once a month. And so that's, that's when you're giving the mic lecture. Yeah, that's when the lectures begin. And then... <laughs> you're the professor of podcasting is what you are, I Mike. guess so. That's what you're doing in those situations. That, that, is, that is high stakes. Like, honest yeah. to God, looking, looking at your prep time, like, I can't believe you're able to do what you said, six or seven Zoom calls. Like, mm -hmm. I, I would be so nervous having to be the professor of podcasting. <laughs> it was... It's, it's, it was... Oh, man, I was like, before the first one, like, sick with nerves. With it. Like, oh, I bet. I bet. I did, and that's honestly like one of the reasons they became what I refer to them as like lectures is because when I get nervous like this, I just can't stop talking. Mm -hmm. So I went into the first one expecting to have more of a conversation, but I just couldn't stop myself talking. And then right. <laughs> over the following ones, they, it became more of a conversation. But I do go, I mean, I go into them with like, I have this information that I want to give to you. So mm -hmm. I will talk through everything that I've prepared and then we can have a conversation about it. And that sense would have been like the way that I have felt comfortable in giving this information out is like 
I have all this stuff locked away in my brain. I will share it mm-hmm. with you, and then hopefully that will spark a, a conversation or, or, or dialogue. It does feel like a very different thing to add into the the list. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's related to the fact that you've been a podcaster for ten years, but it's a it's not a new project. Like it's a new podcast. It's a totally different thing, mm-hmm. and like preparing even little lectures or trying to like prep what topic do you want to talk about ahead of time like yeah that's 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 no joke so <laughs> congratulations on getting that done and i and and also for keeping it from me for all of this time you sneaky sneaky mike <laughs> it wasn't like aha i've kept the secret you never know what a mike's up to he's doing mm-hmm. sneaky sneaky things mm-hmm. <laughs> This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Squarespace. You can make your next move with Squarespace because they will let you easily create a website for your next idea, giving you all of the tools that you need, a unique domain name, award-winning templates, and so much more. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to let you build your next home online. New years, new projects, new ideas, new things that you want to do. This is a great thing to have at your disposal. All of the tools to make the website you want to make. Whether you want to make a blog, an online store, maybe you've got that thing you've been working on during lockdown that you now want to sell to the world, Squarespace has all of the tools that you are going to need to make any website. It's super flexible. I've been using Squarespace for projects for over a decade now because when I want to put something online, I just want it there. I want it done. I want it ready. I want it published to the world. And Squarespace is the easiest way to go from idea to website so fast so easy and it's also so customizable they have these beautiful templates but you could also tweak them you can change colors and fonts and layouts to your heart's content and it's so easy to do all of it squarespace have award-winning 24 7 customer support so if you need any help they have people on hand to help you you can go and try it out for yourself don't just take my word for it go to squarespace.com cortex and you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required then when you're ready to launch your site to the world their plans start at just 12 dollars a month but if you use the offer code Cortex, you will get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show. Once again, that's squarespace.com Cortex and the code Cortex to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. I asked on the Cortex Twitter account for people to send in some questions for us for a yearly themes focused to ask cortex in case there are people i know that are start, maybe starting off on their yearly theme journey or uh, have heard the episode maybe it's their first yearly themes episode and they're still trying to get their head around the yearly theme that they want to approach for the year so got a lot of great questions and i thought we could maybe tackle some of them before we finish the show today first one comes from great. chris uh, what do you think about having several themes and what do you think about stacking themes? Stacking themes? Yeah, the way I saw this was like having themes that overlap. Okay, I mean like st- stacking seems fine if that's what that means, over overlapping. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I am in a terrible place to make a comment about what do you think about ha- having several themes this year? Because it's like I have the theme where it's a coin and there's two sides and but, but each side sides. also has the long and short part of it. Like I'm in this weird position where yeah. I've got like four things going on at once. I think it's maybe better in this instance for us to look into our past, right? Because we've both had years <laughs> that have had multiple themes in them. Yeah. Yeah. I I I would say like in general, 
the the newer you are to themes, the the stronger I would advise towards one rather than several, or the you know the the thing that we've also talked about are like sub themes, which mm-hmm. is which is more like an idea that relates to the main idea. But I mean, I don't I don't know how you feel about it, Mike. But I would be cautious about having two that are not related to each other that's sort of my thought about this yeah i i think if you're going to have multiple things that ideally should be some kind of relation to them otherwise it's a real pro move like you've got to be you've got to be experienced of yearly themes to try and want to hold two of them at the same time yeah and and and, and even with that like I, i'm i'm cautious to even say like oh it's a pro move like oh when you reach seventh dan and themes you'll be able to tackle two at once i'm i'm just I'm a little suspicious because I I do think that there is some advantage to your brain kind of can't keep two things going on in the background in this way that themes are. Mm-hmm. I just feel like the very light touchness of themes is beneficial for there to be like one. So I'm I'm just cautious about the several themes idea. Marcia asks, how much writing do you do about your themes? We hear your thoughts about it, but how much do you write down? How much gets put into your journals? I feel like you're the person to to go for this one, Mike. Yeah. So when I'm coming up with my theme, I write a lot about it. I'm, I'm getting a lot of thoughts out and trying to really express everything. I will then distill it. So one of the ways that I distill it is talking to you about it, right? When 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 I bring all of my thoughts to the show, mm-hmm. I, it helps me kind of process them. And then for what actually goes in my journal is a distilled version of it. So kind of the theme is summed up in a couple of sentences, and then I will have like six bullet points as like, these are the things that ladder up under that. So I think that there is a lot of benefit in doing both, like really trying to get everything written down somewhere. And then you review it and try and distill it down to some digestible phrases that can that mm-hmm. I then write into my theme system journal. So, so you like yeah, the theme system journal for you is the primary point. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, I think for for me, if we're talking about where is it most often for me at top of mind is in my OmniFocus, I often have a, a like. A folder which has the theme name and I'll sometimes put projects in there so that so this is one of the place where depending on how actionable it is I do try to sort out projects by oh this is a year of clarity project or this is a year of less project or I'll also just have reminders pop up for me in OmniFocus as like this is an item to think about because this is what you want to have your mind focused on for like this particular theme Mm. and they can be this is this is a little dumb one but it sort of relates to the like it's partly clarity is where it originally came from and it's also related to the spaceship you stuff but so when i'm looking at my to-do list there's a little item at the top which it's not a to-do but it, it just says inside before outside and the idea that that's trying to remind me of is like, okay, you need to do your core work 
of writing and research, which is like internally generated before you start doing anything that's related to the outside world. Mm. And so is that a to-do item? No, it's not a to-do item at all, but it's, it's like a distillation of an idea that if you do this in the reverse order, if you try to look at the outside stuff, go on the internet, look at things, I'm even cautiously including some kinds of research in this as like external thoughts. If you try to do the outside stuff before the inside, it's like it never goes as well during the day. So this is like a point to follow. So I, I put some of those things on my own task list. The second thing for me, which is a little different this year that I'm trying to do as part of the, the year of the voyage is my journal use has always been I think what I've called tactical yeah. in the past, just, just like my tactical coffee, nuclear weapons for going to conferences, my journal use has always been, okay, I'm on a graycation or there's a specific period of time. And it's like, I'm going to use the journal as a like super focusing tool for these three weeks and like themes can be involved then. But what I'm trying to do with year of the voyage is like, again, thinking about it over the course of a year, I'm trying to extend this tactical use to a significantly longer time frame, And so I am doing the daily journaling and daily themes with the idea that this is going to be over the course of the year. And in my brain, this is the dumbest thing, but it has totally helped and has uh, made it consistent so far since the start of the year is transitioning it from like, oh, it's a journal. And I, I know that I tactically journal, but now this is a completely different concept. I have to enter the ship's log every day because I am completing this voyage over the course of a year. And it's not a question about am I tactically using this thing? It's just no. Part of your job as captain of Spaceship U is like, you've got to fill out this ship log. And it has some questions about how well have you done on these various things. Mm -hmm. So this is my mental reframing and attempt to make it like just a daily thing that becomes a kind of non-optional daily thing in the same way that I was successfully able to turn exercise into a non-optional daily thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. Tactical journal use, it's been great. It has been literally life-changing. But if I'm expecting and planning for this upcoming year to be like another year of Spaceship U, this is an element that is going to be part of that for the, the upcoming year. So those, those, are, those are my thoughts on it. Basically, use a journal or have it somewhere else that it, you know you're going to be looking at it recurrently. BK asks, how do you find words that speak to you? My theme for 2021 is year of later becomes never. This is an attempt to reduce procrastination, but it's a bit wordy. It is a bit wordy. Yeah. It's totally a bit wordy. You can't really rally yourself around a phrase like that, I think. Yeah, year of later becomes never is is not great. It's it's like, um, you know, there's, there's a rule for naming dogs, which is that you want a name that you're comfortable yelling loudly across a park you know like if, if you wouldn't yell a name loudly across a park it's not a good dog name 
I feel like themes are are a bit like you should be able to yell it as a battle cry is this is the same kind of thing. And so I, I look at something like year of later becomes never. I would translate that into something like action, right? Year of action is is way more like battle cry y than year of later becomes never. Now, I think later becomes never is an excellent little phrase like if you are journaling or you're writing out what you're thinking about the theme that can reinforce like what do you mean by action it's part of the description yeah like you you've had the the second act right mm-hmm. like that's a phrase that kind of clarifies for you what do you mean by this so i mean the answer to how do you find words that speak for you is i, I think this is part of the the question of like how do you find a theme is you just have to have something in your mind that's like okay you know i'm i'm trying to think about reducing procrastination and you just sort of have to sit with it for a while i i think it has to just brew in your mind for a little while and you just kind of something will come to you that is more concise if you keep thinking about it but you don't need to have a like a deadline for yourself of oh you know i want to start the journaling system right now and so i need a name of a theme it's like no no it's okay you can just have this on your mind and you can start working out like what are you trying to do and i think in that process you'll find something that that speaks to you that is more concise Mm. but i think the the action point here or the actionable point here is that a concise title does not need to be fully descriptive so don't don't fall into that trap i I think if you've listened to mike and i talk about our own themes it's why we need an episode and a half for both of us to fully explain what do we mean by these couple word phrases question from thomas I set my theme based on some goals I already had, then added more goals once I set the theme. Am I doing this wrong? <laughs> or is thinking about what you want to accomplish first a good strategy? This is exactly what I did this year, though. Like I, okay. There have been years where I've had the word or the idea before I've had the things that come from it. And then there have been mm. other years where I've had a selection of things. And then when I look at them all together, I realize a common theme. Mm. so i i don't think it's necessarily wrong i would say it, it does tend to help with an overriding idea but sometimes if you just get all of your thoughts out there you can see there's a connection between them and then that can become the theme i, I think that that's a perfectly valid way of starting this process especially if you're new to it i think yeah it's, it's a it's a funny question like I, I, I wasn't actually really sure how to think about it at first but I mean, I, I, I guess in some ways I'm doing the same thing. I, f- I feel like I, I don't have very many explicit goals, but I, uh, like the themes often are the result of a, a question like, what is it that I'm trying to accomplish over the next year? Which is, mm. which is another way of saying like, what is it that I want to do? Mm-hmm. Or actually, uh, actually, I do, I do have a, actually have a, an explicit example of this, which is okay. that this year and last year there has been an internal like my company theme, and that that has been uh, very explicitly like 
here are the goals. What is the word to describe these goals? So for, for my company, like totally, that's the way it's been done of like goals, goals, goals. What's the word to describe these goals? So, um, then yes, I think that is a totally fine way to do it. You're not doing it backwards or wrong. Adam asks, well, Adam has a opening statement before the question, but it's important for it. Uh, (laughs) I'm continuing my year of health. I started getting in shape in mid 2020. Thanks to Cortex and the themes. I'm down 30 pounds for the first time of years and I've held a consistent workout routine and I'm eating better. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. If that if that is what you were like, this is clearly what you're going for. And I hope that you're happy with the progress that you've had. Like a lot of it is like eating better, feeling better is the most important part. Uh, the mm. question is, when or how do you guys consider a theme to be done? What do you think about that, Mike? Uh, sometimes I just change over because the year is a, <laughs> it's a new year, right? <laughs> you know it's done because it's time to record your theme episode of the yeah, podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there are, you know, there are things that I bring along with it if there's something that I feel like I haven't completed yet, you know? So, like, I will adapt something, maybe understand what needs to be achieved from it and move it forward. Straight up, there have been things where I was like, I didn't do that. I was trying to do it for a year and I didn't do it. So I'm leaving it. Mm. Like, I'm going to leave this thing behind now. It was part of my yearly theme. It did not get achieved. If it was something that I had in my mind for an entire year and I couldn't make it happen, then I'm going to let it go. This is maybe not a thing for me right now. But at the same time, if you've had a year and you're happy with the progress that you've made, but you still want to continue working on it, keep it going. There was, what was it, Year of Order 2? That was something you did <laughs> yeah. once, I think? Or was well, it well, Comma Me yeah. or something? I, I don't remember. <laughs> it was Year of Order and Year of Reorder. So what was, there was one, there was there was a theme that you had which had a comma in it at one point. <laughs> Look, I, I have, there's commas, there's parentheses, there's, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, two sides. There's there's always like a catch, right? Uh, that's, that's the way it works. I think even the very first one, which was the Year of Less, it was like Year of Less brackets me. There's always something like right from that the That was it. It was, I think it was Year <laughs> of Less comma me. I think that was the, the, the name of it. <laughs> Yeah, I think my thought on this is if you have had a theme and it hasn't panned out for a year, like you feel like it hasn't worked well, probably it's better to think about it in a different way. And like I'm the person who didn't do that with year of order and year of reorder with, I think, mixed success out of the two of those. So I I think there's a way in which like if the theme isn't working for you for more than a year, I would say don't keep pushing that rock up that hill. Like that's not a great idea. But I'm with Mike that if if something is going well, there's no reason to cut it short. I I would put it this way. It's like a theme is done when you find yourself thinking about the next one. And and I think that is that is likely to occur when the current one either just no longer applies because you have changed or the situation has changed or it has simply become part of your thinking mm. like I, I think about the themes a lot at, at these decision points i think it is a tool to help focus the way that you make decisions how are you going to spend your time what are you going to do in this moment and it can just become a background part of you 
like, like it did for me with Year of Less, where it's just a natural thought for me now, always, of like, do I need to be the person who does this thing? And, and I don't need to constantly think about that anymore. It's just built into the way I make decisions. So I think when you find yourself thinking about what the next one is going to be, that's a sign that the theme is over. I, I guess I don't like the, the phrase done because done is the kind of language you would use with a goal or a target or a resolution. <laughs> yes. Or a resolution. Excellent. Mike. Yeah. That's like, why am I having such a hard time with this question? That's what it is. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't like the language of done done implies like a completed state and themes are, are more of these background processes, high level general navigation stuff. So they're, they're useful while they are useful, uh, is a, is a, you know, they're not completed states. I want to share a selection of some of the themes that were sent into us as the opportunity to help inspire people who may be looking for something for themselves for this mm-hmm. year. So Blake says, I'm a week into my first yearly theme, the year of intention. Intention is such a popular one. I feel like every year I see a lot of people talking about this. I'm hoping to use mm. this year to turn off my autopilot and be more intentional and thoughtful with what I eat, how I spend my time, what I purchase, what I own, and the words I choose and how they affect others. Yeah, I, I, I always love that one. I think I've mentioned it in years past, but I, I do feel mm-hmm. like intentionality is just a great starter theme. Yeah. It, like it, it touches on everything. It, it makes you think about your life. It doesn't have to be towards trying to specifically accomplish anything. Like I, I always love intentionality as a, as a theme, but perhaps that is because I am always fighting the war on unintentionality and tracking my unintentional time. So I love that one. I'll always love year of intention or intentionality as a theme. I think year of intention and year of less, like start a pack. <laughs> If if you're struggling and one of those two, pay attention to what you're doing or do less of what you're doing. Like they're really great starters. (laughs) Brian is doing the year of discomfort. Growth doesn't happen when you're comfortable and I'm going to stop Mm. avoiding situations that scare me. No bones about it. This is more uh, dark, I think, than yearly themes tend to be, but I actually really liked it. It's not dark at all. That's that's a that's a very actionable one, right? That's that's a that's yeah, a great but, like okay. clear decisions. A word like discomfort is not typically the type of word that we see in yearly themes, but I I mm. very much like it. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff in there, but it is definitely in in sound different to the type of thing that we would normally see. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, I get. I get what you mean. I like it because when you've talked about themes being north stars, what this immediately makes me think of is uh, a book I know I've mentioned in passing on the podcast, uh, which is the War of Art, which is talking about the creative process and how you can use your own resistance to doing something as the compass that points toward what should you be doing. So I, I really like year of discomfort because it has that same attribute of 
you know when you're feeling discomfort. So it can really highlight, is this a moment when you want to try to grow and push out of your comfort zone? Because you're not going to not know when you're uncomfortable. And and like, so I, re- I really like that one. I like that one a lot. Brandon, my yearly theme is year of the muscle. Rather than starting new things like hobbies or activities, I'm working out muscles I currently have physically, mentally, and getting better at my existing hobbies. Oh, interesting. That's not where I was expecting it to go from your Neither muscle. was I, which is why I included it, because I loved it, because it was it really threw me. I was like, oh, Brandon wants to get swole this year. It's like, oh. Yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe that's part of yeah. Brandon's focus, but that isn't all it is. Yeah, I like that. That's a, that's a nice twist on your muscle. Najalia says, my yearly theme is one. Focus on becoming proficient at one thing at a time. I have lots of new stuff being thrown mm. at me this year, and focusing on one tool, one method is helping me do my job and keep my sanity. Oh, yeah. That's, that's another great one. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> Don't do too many things at once. Also, as, as something I struggle with, too many things at once, year of one is a, is a good good theme. I like it a lot. Grave says, 2021 is my year of connectivity. Quarantine and lockdown caused me to not reach out to friends and family as much, but I'd like to reconnect and make more connections in a safe way as I move into the workforce. Also, another theme that I think perhaps very many people can, can feel like might be, a, might be a nice thing to do this year. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a 2021 theme, that one. Yeah. Marianne is working on the year of balance. Too much stress on social media, too much bad food, too much TV. I want to consider other thoughts, add in a few constructive activities, and allow for more calming walks rather than 10K run-or-nothing attitudes. Oh, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Chill walks versus 10K, all or nothing. Yeah. I like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I like that phrase too, because it's like, allow yourself to do some calm stuff rather than like, if this isn't perfect, I'm not even going to bother. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's good. And Lewis says, my theme for 2021 is the year of novelization. Firstly, and most importantly, I want 2021 to be the year I finally finish writing a novel. But I also want to try branching out into new creative directions, maybe trying streaming or making other game videos. That's, that's interesting. I think it's a, it's a little more like actiony and goalie than I'd like themes to be. But you know what? People have the novel inside of them, and we can all be the authors of our own lives. So yeah. good luck to everyone with your themes in 2021. 